Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I am your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a great message for you coming out of the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles with you, grab your Bible and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. If you don't have it, pause your podcast, run, grab your Bible, and come back and join us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, the title of the message today is, Our Good is the Enemy of God's Great. I'm reading out of the King James Version today, so join me, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained a like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Church, I want to tell you today, this is good news that God is great. His promises are great. His love is great and his ways are always great. Nothing about our God in heaven is beneath greatness. He is the one that created everything we see. He gives us life and breath and, and eyesight and the strength to get up every morning. He is not coming in second place to anything in this world. He should always be first because he's not good. He's great. Good is beneath him. God is a great God. And and I want to tell you today, according to these scriptures we just got through reading, God's spirit builds virtue within us once he comes into our life. And, And with his word, we obtain knowledge of him and begin to learn to think like he does and get on the path he wants us to walk on. And through continued knowledge of him, we gain temperance. And with with that temperance, uh, we have that increased patience that he needs us to have to be able to see things the way he wants us to see, even though we don't understand it right away. And that patience, it leads to godliness. And when we pursue all of the above, that godliness characteristic generates brotherly kindness, which leads to the demonstration of his love toward all people that he have created through everybody that, that learns these things and lives these things and these particular fruits operate in our life. God is great and he's worthy to be praised. Now, Psalms chapter uh, 145 and verse 3 says, 
Great is the Lord and highly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. First Chronicles 29 and 11 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. Psalms 95 and verse 3 says, For the Lord is a great God. Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 24 says, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness. Psalms 145 and verse 6 says, Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts, and I will tell of your greatness. Luke chapter 9 verse 43 says, And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. Church, I want to tell you that today that uh, God is nothing short of greatness in our lives. He's not just anything that we settle for in life. He's the best that there is. He's not just something that we reach out and we do the best that we can do. He's second to none. He is the best thing that we could have in our life. But the truth is, sometimes people settle. Now, some people do not want to do everything that they need to do to have the greatness of God operating in their life. And we, we have some popular sayings that human beings love to speak. Some people, and one of the most popular ones I think of is uh, this, this saying that says, that's good enough for government work. You know, you hear a lot of people that says that thing kidding around when they get a job done or when they finish something, they look at it and say it's good enough for government work. Now, the fact is that statement came along because some people just like to get the job done. They don't want to look at it and create excellence. They don't want to have the absolute best that they could possibly do so that they could be pleased with their work and other people would be pleased with their work. So they get it finished. If it's good enough, that's far enough. And that's where that's, that statement come from. That's good enough for government work. This will get us the paycheck that we came over here for. Say they weren't looking for getting the uh, job done to the best that they could possibly do. They were looking for a paycheck. They had an ulterior motive, so that's good enough for government work. That'll get us paid. Here's another one that says, do whatever makes you feel good. A lot of people do that. Many people give that advice. They say, do whatever makes you feel good. In other words, if your flesh is wanting to do it, if, you're, if your flesh is happy about it and you feel good about doing it, just go ahead and do it. It makes you feel good. Well, that's not the thing that God wants you to do because he don't want us to entertain what makes us feel good. He wants us to entertain the greatness of God and entertain what the Word of God tells us to act like in our lives. And sometimes we have to kick aside the thing that makes us feel good in our flesh and in our selfishness and step into the Word of God and do what the Word of God tells us to do. Here's one, I live a good life or I do good deeds for others. You know, our good things don't get us anywhere if it don't have the greatness of God operating in our lives and living through us. Our flesh will cause us to settle when our spirit should be longing for God's perfection. Here's another scripture for you. 1 John chapter 2 and 16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eye and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world will even cause Christians to settle. Christians will get used to the way that the world tells them to do things. Christians will mingle with the world and be part of the world in our jobs and our shopping and our friendships and television shows and radio programs. The world will cause us to think like the world does and that will cause Christians to settle and they'll settle for good enough and not greatness. Too many people settle and, and take shortcuts accepting that good 
is good enough and, and they don't need to do the really hard work to be great at things. They don't need to put in the time and the effort to be everything that God wants them to be. God wants his people to have passion. God wants his people to be passionate about what his word says. God wants his people to be excited about doing what he's directing us to do through the layout that he gave us through the scriptures to follow so that we could have the greatness of God operating in us. He don't want us to just get saved and sit on the beach and wait for the bus. He wants greatness to function and operate in our lives. He wants his people to reveal him in all that we do. Let the rest of the world see the greatness of God operating through the people who call themselves Christ's light. That's what God looks for in us. Great is doing something different. Great is something that no one else is doing. Great is standing out among the others. Now, I, I'm not talking about being boastful of yourself and boastful of your achievements. I, yet, I'm saying be full of God and, and let his will be done in your life, making Christ stand out in everything that you do, letting everybody see Jesus Christ operating and functioning through you and letting them see the radiation of God's greatness coming forth from you, the one that he inhabits. Now, Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, not for some puppeteer down here that's just handing you a paycheck. That The money shouldn't matter anything to you. It's the scripture that God puts in front of you that says, I want you to emulate me. I want you to have my mindset. I want you to operate the way that I want to see you operate and don't settle for anything less. <clears throat> verse number 24 says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, that's that's much better than a paycheck from a man that's going to do away and the and the things that you buy with that money is going to perish. It says it is the Lord Christ that you're serving, not man here on this earth. So good enough really isn't good enough. And you see, I, I pray all the time for God to give me a greater desire for him, for, for God to give me a greater hunger for his word and, and for his will to operate in my life. I pray that for my children all the time, that God would put a hunger in them to seek him out and to read his word and, and to obey his word and for God to put a calling in their lives. I pray the same thing over our church every single time that I pray. God put a hunger into the people of our church, put a starvation in their spirit that makes them just run to you and, and hunger for you and, and want to feast on your word and want to be in your presence so that they will emulate who you are and, and be able to become everything that you want them to be. Verses three and four of today's text says that according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and goodly, uh, godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. You see, he said exceeding great. God is great. Jesus said that these things you've seen me do, that you'll do even greater things. It, and this scripture here says that the presence of God is great, and, and he's going to make sure that we even go above and beyond. This is what he's saying. We've been given the power within us 
to go above and beyond the greatness that God expected of us. He wants us to exceed that, exceeding great and precious promises that he has given us that will take us far beyond what we could ever imagine that by these things we'll be partakers of the divine nature. Do you understand that last statement there? Partakers of the divine nature. He wants us, the nature that emulates out of us should be just like the nature of God himself. That's what he's saying. Partakers of his divine nature, not of the nature of this flesh, not of the nature of this world, not of the nature of our carnal mind, but God's actual divine nature. That's what he's telling us. He's given us exceeding great and precious promises that will get us at that level inside of our spiritual life and walk with him. Partakers of God's divine nature. You see, a lot of us, we live life and we look at our mistakes. We look at the things we went through and and, and we tend to put blockades in front of us and, and slow down our progress. We, we get on our own mindset going, our own agendas going in our life of what we think things supposed to look like and it hinders God's operation and, and hinders God's work in our lives. And see, God doesn't see you for the mistakes that you made though. He, he don't look at you and, and describe you and, and look at your past and look at the mistakes that you've made. He sees you as who he's made you to be. He sees you as what the potential that he's put in side of you will be. He don't look at your past anymore when you've put that past behind you. When Christ comes in, good is old news. Greatness has overtaken your life. Greatness is now in charge of you. Perfection has taken up residence and has begun a transformation progress from good to great. I want you to look at verse four again, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these by these exceeding great and precious promises that by these things you might be partakers of the divine nature. You see, God's promises can put your good into perspective and cause you to see greatness swelling up inside of you. When Jesus moves inside of you, the creator of all the universe is living inside of you trying to get out. He's done put something inside of you that can emulate that divine nature inside of us. But you see, this is also why we see trials in our lives. This is especially why after becoming Christians, we we go through trials. Why? Because God has to put us to the test. When he puts something inside of us, he wants to test it. He wants to make sure that those things that he puts inside of us are actually taking root and growing. And so we go through trials. What? Not for us and not not for us to be beaten down or anything like that, but Uh, the greatness that he puts inside of us has to be tested so that we can come out on top of the trial so we ourselves can see that his greatness is at work inside of us, that he has not left us, that he's still there, that he's bringing changes to our life and causing us to grow spiritually. And your greatest triumphs usually always come from your hardest trials. Uh, uh, Honestly putting in elementary terms, no trials, no triumphs. Without these trials, we'll never truly experience what what victory looks like or what victory feels like. You see, God wants to grow his greatness. He he wants to grow his greatness inside us and through us, but many times we get sidetracked and forget what God has already given to us and already put inside of us. We tend to get attached to the world. We tend to get attached to a feeling or, or tend to get attached to a thought or, or some idea that we get in our head, and that just holds us on to a focus on what we want and a focus on the what we just have to see before we're satisfied, and it's sidetracked 
sidetracks us into the place to where we can't hear from God. It, it sidetracks us into forgetting what God has already placed inside of us for him to operate through us. Let me go back to verse 3 again in today's text and, and read that again. He says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Listen, <clears throat> when life is confusing, God still knows the way. We're not going to be redirected. Life's confusing ideas and life's problems that we go through and all of our disappointments, God still knows the way. He put himself inside of you. You're not going to get off on a track and never be able to make it back. God's already made restitution. He's already given you a path. He's done put an eternal GPS inside of you to guide you back to where you need to be. Why? Because he's done give you all things that you need for his greatness. When we stop imagining the worst case scenarios, we can start to see God's plans for our future. You see, God isn't limited by our issues. He uses our issues. He uses our problems and he uses our circumstances to reveal his glory. When we go through these things, it's what he's put inside of us that gets us through those things so that his name can be glorified when we come out on the other side of it. God always keeps 100% of his promises. And many of us spend a lot of time as Christians looking for something that we already have because our perspective is off. We tend to lose focus. We, we get sidetracked by things. You see, uh, the point that I'm trying to make right here is you don't have to find what you already have. We need to quit looking for what we already have. We need to quit searching for the things that we already have. You may be saying, well, what are you saying, Pastor? What are you talking about? Well, according to his divine power in verse 3, and I keep going back to this verse 3 because we really need to see this. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called called us to glory and virtue. If Jesus Christ has already moved in and set up camp in your life, come on now, listen to me. If he's already moved into your life, use what's already in there. Use who's already in there. Don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let him talk to you about things and misguide you and tell you you need to keep looking for something else. Tell you that you just ain't got enough. If Jesus Christ is in there, my goodness, greatness already abides in your life. Greatness already lives inside of you. Why in the world would you be looking for anything better than Jesus? Stop searching and start remembering. Stop looking around for something else and start focusing on what you already have. Don't let the enemy guide you away from what's already inside of you. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Greatness is already setting in heaven. Greatness is already setting there. Greatness has already moved into your life and he's already ruling and reigning over your life. Jesus don't do good. Jesus don't settle for good. Jesus wasn't satisfied with good enough. Oh yes, it was good that he died on the cross, but it sure is great that I don't have to. Are you hearing me today? It was good that he, he was good in the manger as a baby, sure, but he resurrected into greatness and power. And, and that greatness is the authority and finisher of our faith. For if you have Christ inside of you, his greatness should be radiating from within and, and, and taking dominion over every situation in your life without you having to look for anything else. You know, 
You may have faced a setback in life. You may be going through problems. You, you may have some issues that you think, well, I just can't get over. I just can't understand. I, I don't know why I'm going through this. Listen, you may have faced a setback in life, but that doesn't mean that it's over. That don't mean that the things have, that you've been looking for is not going to be able to be reached. You need to refocus yourself. Greatness will turn your setback into a setup. Did you hear me? Greatness will turn your setback into a setup to see God's greatness working inside of your life. It's time for you to let go of that mistake. It ain't over yet. God hasn't rung the bell yet. It's time to turn loose of the problems that you went through in life. It's time to turn loose of your past and look forward to the future, the, the target that God has given you, the race that he wants you to finish. Greatness is still sitting on the throne today. God is still on his throne. Jesus Christ is still on the throne inside of your spirit. Greatness is still in control and still operating. He's given you everything that you need to be able to function in his greatness so that good don't have to be good enough. You can settle for Jesus Christ and the greatness of God. So don't let the enemy deceive you about where God wants to take you. Don't listen to the enemy and say you need something else. Don't listen to the enemy and, and let the enemy say you're lacking. If Jesus Christ has moved into your life, he's got the guidance. Yes, sure, you're going to have to continue reading the Bible. You're going to have to continue praying. You're going to have to let that greatness that's already inside of you. It, Jesus is a seed that's been planted inside of you now. you got to do what it takes to cause that seed to grow. you got to put some food and water on that seed and cause that thing to nurture and grow and bring forth fruit. Yes, that's going to take some time, but don't look for anything different than him. He's all you need. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher of your faith. You don't need to look for anything else except for Jesus Christ. So don't let the enemy deceive you about where God wants to take you. Let God's presence determine your priorities. Let the word of God speak to you and lead you and guide you on what you need to do first and what you need to do next. His greatness is always better than your good and it always will be. There's nothing you can do that's good enough to overcome his greatness or to come up with a better idea. There's nothing about your good that can cause God to go, oh, because he's already got the, oh, when his son died on the cross and rose from the grave. There's not another, ah, oh, moment that is going to cause God to get up off of his throne. He's already seen the best that could happen. He's already seen the best that there is. He provided the best that there is. There's greatness in the son of God sitting at the right hand of the father today up in heaven. Don't stand in the way of what God has planned for you. Trade in your good for his greatness today. So I want to ask you today, if you've received Jesus Christ in your heart and you've received him as your Lord and master, you are a Christian today, but you still may be struggling with greatness. You still may be struggling with my good just ain't good enough because bad things are still happening. Look, you need to get yourself an altar. You need to find your place to kneel down and pray right now and ask God to come in and change your focus so that you can see that greatness is already alive inside of you. Ask him to give you his mindset. Ask him to give you the direction that you need in your life to become what he wants you to be and to emulate the greatness of God that he's already put in. The exceeding greatness of his promises need to be functioning in your life. Ask him today. Ask him to lead and guide you through that and point you in the right direction. He is the almighty compass that will never lead you wrong.
If you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, none of this stuff applies to you until you do. And if you want to receive him as Lord and Savior today, I want to invite you to know this Jesus that is the greatness and, and won't come in second place to anybody else. I want to invite you to the one that can give you the goodness of life, that can lead you into a great life and lead you away from good and take you to great. Because his name is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for your sins. He, he rose from the dead on the third day. God himself quickened his body and rose him from the grave. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father today. And you can invite him into your heart and you can go from good to great. You can invite Jesus Christ into your life and have some things start changing in you. That seed of greatness can move inside of your life and become everything that you need to be in God's eyes. And erase your past and you have a free chance to to start over when you invite Jesus Christ into your life. And so if you don't know him, I want to invite you to know him today. And if you feel God in this message tugging on your heart saying, I want to know this great God that this preacher's talking about, and you feel him tugging, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I, I ask you for forgiveness of my sin. Forgive me of my lifestyle. Forgive me of who I am and come into my life and make me new. Cause me to be a new creature in Christ. Cast my old man away. Crucify my old man and come in and make me a new man. Give me the newness of life that you have promised me through the cross of Calvary. I accept you as my Lord and Savior today and right now by faith, faith. I am saved according to your word in the name of Jesus. Listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it and the Holy Spirit was pulling on your heart, God has turned you into a new creature in Christ. All your sins have been forgiven. They're washed away. You should be rejoicing right now knowing that God has moved into your life and changed you and now greatness has been sown into you and will start producing fruit. Get yourself a Bible. Start reading it. Start studying the word of God. Get on your knees and pray every day. Talk to the Lord and let him lead and guide you through the new life that he's put inside of you. And I want to thank you for tuning in today. Reach out to us and tell us at holdingfasttofaith at outlook.com. Share with us. Go to our social media sites on Facebook and, and uh, uh, all the other sites. We're, we're found in all kinds of different places. We got LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. You can just look everywhere for Holding Fast to Faith. You'll find us. Do something to let us know that Jesus Christ has moved into your life. You've made that choice of the lifetime, the most important choice that you could ever make, going from good to great in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope to see you on the next one.